So we're finishing up a series of messages today, and not to sound like a broken record, but we've been looking at the same scripture every single week. And if you don't know that, then that's good. That means that we're still in a place of absorbing it. But our scripture reading is from Romans chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. Vamos a leer de Romanos capítulo 1, versículos 1 al 7. And we uh, provide up on the screen uh, page numbers. Those go with the Bibles in the back. And if you don't have a Bible, please feel free to have one, take one, and keep one if you need it. Um, la página indica donde está en la Biblia de atrás. So I'm going to read Romans chapter 1, verses 1 through 7, first in Spanish, and then I'll read it in English. Voy a leer primero en español, después en inglés. And let us remember here what we're doing. We're looking into the Word of God. Words from the pen of the early church leader Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit. Son palabras de Pablo inspiradas por el Espíritu Santo. Y dice lo siguiente, Pablo, siervo de Cristo Jesús, llamado a ser apóstol, apartado para anunciar el Evangelio de Dios, que por medio de sus profetas ya había prometido en las Sagradas Escrituras. Este Evangelio habla de su Hijo, que según la naturaleza humana era descendiente de David, pero que según el Espíritu de Santidad fue designado con poder Hijo de Dios por la resurrección. Él es Jesucristo nuestro Señor. Por medio de Él y en honor a su nombre, recibimos el don apostólico para persuadir a todas las naciones que obedezcan a la fe. Entre ellas están incluidos también ustedes a quien Jesucristo ha llamado. Les escribo a todos ustedes, los amados de Dios que están en Roma, que han sido llamados a ser santos. Que Dios nuestro Padre, el Señor Jesucristo, les concedan gracia y paz. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. The gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures regarding his son, who as to his human nature was a descendant of David and who through the spirit of holiness was declared with power to be the son of God by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. Through him and for his name's sake, we received grace and apostleship to call people from among all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith. And you also are among those who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. To all in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints, grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. So as I said, the last three weeks we have been in this series entitled Remembering the Message. Hemos estado una serie, Recordar el Mensaje. And the goal of this series has been to highlight the gospel the good news, estamos hablando del evangelio. That's the one message we've learned that God really has been presenting all along. It's always been the same message, even though we didn't always know it, even though we didn't always recognize it. Es siempre el mismo mensaje que Dios ha presentado, aunque no lo sabíamos. And that was the message we've learned that was actually promised in the Old Testament scriptures, and it was the message that was predicted through the Old Testament prophets, the message concerning God's Son. Fue el mensaje que, que los profetas predijeron, las escrituras también prometieron. 
In fact, one of the things we've learned through these last three weeks is that Jesus is the fullest expression of that message of the gospel. Jesucristo es la expresión completa del evangelio. He is that descendant of David, the son of David, who died. He became king and died to save his people. Era descendiente de David, el rey que murió por su pueblo. But as we celebrated last week, he's also more than just the king of the Jews. He is also the son of God who's been publicly declared and appointed such by what? By his resurrection from the dead. Ha sido designado hijo de Dios en su resurrección de los muertos. So that's the message that we're called to remember. And it goes even beyond that. There's so much more. Es un mensaje que debemos recordar. But the gospel is not just a message to remember. I think what we need to understand is that the gospel, the good news, is a message that remembers us. Es un mensaje que nos recuerda a nosotros. In other words, the gospel has this power to bring to our hearts and to bring to our minds what we need. Nos trae a la mente y al corazón lo que necesitamos. And, and it's not just what we need for another world. In fact, we often think about the gospel. We think, oh yes, I believe I go to heaven. And that's, that is certainly uh, the gospel. But there's so much more because the gospel is not only about you know, someday, uh, you know, beyond this world. The gospel has to do with this life. It has to do with this world. El evangelio no solo se trata del cielo algún día, sino de ahora mismo. And that's where I would like to focus us today, through that very last verse that we've read here from Romans chapter 1. It's verse 7, and in this verse, we really get a very powerful reminder based on the gospel message. In versículo 7, hay un recordatorio basado en el evangelio. Now, I want to take this apart a little bit for you. See, Paul's writing here, and he says, first of all, it's important to know what he says. He says, to all who are in Rome. Escribe a los que están in Roma. Now he's not writing to everybody in Rome. He's writing to all the Christians in Rome. He's writing to Christians who find themselves living in this massive city that's the capital of the Roman Empire, the world superpower of that day. Está escribiendo a cristianos en Roma, la capital de aquellos tiempos. And he's writing to them. But in another way, we could say that what he's writing here is not only to those people, it's for you and me. Es para nosotros. Why? Because we, in a very real sense, live in Rome. Now, we don't live in Italy. Maybe we would like to live there. But we, we do, in a very real sense, live in Rome. Vivimos en Roma, por, por decirlo. Because we, in a sense, are in the middle of a vast cultural empire. We're living in a global uh, uh, power, a superpower around us. Estamos viviendo una, un imperio cultural, this secular age in which we live. And this Rome in which we live is dominated by some powerful forces. There's the force of business and, and of, the, of economic forces. Hay fuerzas económicas y del comercio. There are the forces of world governments 
that, that are at work in our day and age. Hay los gobiernos de hoy en día. They're the forces of, of an educational system, not only in our country, but throughout the world, an educational system that is, that is promoting certain things. Hay un sistema educativo. And then, of course, there are also other forces at work. There's, you know, the arts and entertainment and media that dominates with technology uh, at its beck and call. Las artes y los medios de comunicación. There's sports. Sports is a huge part of the empire, just as it was 2,000 years ago. Los deportes también. And all of this has an impact on the family and upon faith, upon our religion. También eso impacta la familia la religión. Now, the, the seven things I just mentioned, I want to get the list on the screen here. These are called, these are known as the seven mountains of culture. Son las siete montañas de la cultura. You see them all listed there. And these seven mountains of our culture today are kind of like the seven hills upon which the ancient city of Rome was built. Did you know that? Rome was built on seven hills. La Roma uh, fue construida sobre siete colinas. And so, in a sense, these seven mountains of culture, that's our Rome. That's the Rome we live in. Es la Roma en la cual vivimos. And, and all of these seven mountains have massive power to bring to us blessings or curse, good or evil. Esas montañas no pueden traer bendiciones o maldiciones. And so, in a sense, Paul's writing for us as well. And he's writing to these people in Rome, but he's also trying to remind these people of something. Él quiere recordar a esas personas de algo. He wants to remind them, you have an identity that is not from Rome. Su identidad no es de Roma. You have a different identity. He says, to those who are in Rome who are loved by God and called to be holy. A los que son amados de Dios y son llamados a ser santos. That's your identity. Your identity, in other words, he says, does not come from the fact that you are living in Rome. Your identity does not come from the seven mountains in fact, that's what he's saying in a sense here to you and me. It doesn't come from the seven mountains of culture. That's not where your identity comes from. Your identity comes from a higher mountain, a greater mountain. It is the mountain of God's kingdom. It is the mountain of God's love. Your identity comes from the fact that you are loved from God. Su identidad viene de una montaña más grande. Es el hecho de que están amados de Dios. That's what you need to remember. And so it's not about your business. It's not about government. It's not about education. It's not about uh, art or sports or media or entertainment. It's not even about the family. It's not even about religion, your own efforts to get to God and to please God. No se trata de gobierno, educación, los medios de comunicación, ni la religión. Those are not the source of your identity. Your identity comes from God's love for you. And the peak of that mountain of God's love is the gospel message. 
that you are loved because of the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Son amados por la cumbre que es el evangelio, la muerte y la resurrección de Jesucristo. Please understand that. To all in Rome who are loved by God. And because you're loved by God, Paul says you're also called to be saints. It doesn't mean you are saints. Called to be saints. Son llamados a ser santos. What does it mean? It means you've been called, you've been set apart to live in Rome in a very different way, a very distinct way. Viven en Roma de otra forma, de una forma muy distinta. In fact, uh, it's interesting in verse 1, a few weeks ago we saw, Paul says, I'm a servant of Christ Jesus and I'm set apart made holy for the gospel of God. Dice Pablo verso 1, soy apartado para el evangelio de Dios. Paul was set apart to live in a special way for the gospel message. And in the same way, he's saying, you're called to be set apart for the gospel message. You're called to have a different identity and to live in a different way. In other words, the fact that you are in Rome doesn't mean you are from Rome. Just because you are in the world does not mean you are to be of the world. El hecho de estar en Roma no quiere decir que son de Roma. De estar en el mundo no quiere decir que son del mundo. So what does that look like? What might it look like to, to be holy, to be distinctive as people loved by God? Well, I want to turn to a passage that I think provides a partial answer. It's from 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. 1 Juan 2, 15 nos da una respuesta en parte. The early church leader John is writing here. Juan escribe. And this is what John says. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. No amen al mundo ni nada de lo que hay en él. Si alguien ama al mundo no tiene el amor del Padre. For everything in the world, the cravings of sinful man, the lust of his eyes, and the boasting of what he has and does comes not from the Father, but from the world. Porque nada de lo que hay en el mundo, los malos deseos del cuerpo, la codicia de los ojos, la arrogancia de la vida proviene del Padre, sino del mundo. The world and its desires pass away, but the man who does the will of God lasts forever. El mundo se acaba con sus malos deseos, pero el que hace la voluntad de Dios permanece para siempre. What is this saying? In a sense, it's saying when we love what is of Rome more than we love the God who loves us, there's a name for that. Cuando amamos más lo que es de Roma que a Dios, hay algo que se llama eso. What is that called? That's called idolatry. Es la idolatría. There's a noted pastor out there called Tim Keller. Tim Keller says that idolatry, an idol, is anything. It's not just a statue or, or some sort of uh, you know, God that's out there. An idol is anything in our lives that becomes so central to our existence that we fear we cannot have a meaningful life without that thing. Un ídolo es algo tan central que no podemos tener una vida de significado sin ella. An idol can be anything in your life where you say, 
If I lose that, I don't know what I would do. Si perdiera eso, no sabría qué hacer. And in that sense, an idol can be just about anything that comes from the seven mountains instead of the mountain of God's kingdom. Puede ser cualquier cosa que viene de las siete montañas. Let's think about that for a minute. Work can be an idol. Material possessions and the buying and selling of material possessions can become an idol. That's all from the world of what? Of business. Uh, el trabajo, el materialismo puede ser un ídolo. We're seeing it out in our day and age where, where the championing of a political cause or a political candidate or some political ideology can become an idol. The fanaticism that we're seeing in all places in the political spectrum in our day and age is that if, if we don't get our way politically, we don't know what we're going to do. It's an idol. La política viene a ser un ídolo. Education. In class this morning, they beat me to it. The class in our faith principles uh, class this morning, they said it. Education can be an idol. La educación puede ser un ídolo. Family can be an idol. La familia puede ser un ídolo. And it's interesting to note in our news right now, there's a scandal going on where it would appear that the lure of family idolatry and education idolatry have come together from people that are in the idolatry of the entertainment industry. And all these idols have come together. And we have this scandal out there. Why? Because if, if, if my kid doesn't have that... I don't know what I would do. Vemos la idolatría de estas cosas. Sports, entertainment, arts, media, accessible in our pockets. That's worshipped every day. I don't even think I have to work very hard to, to explain how that's idolatry or can be idolatry. Esas cosas pueden ser idolatría. Now, here's the one I don't want to talk about. Religion. Ministry, religious work, that can be an idol. La, el ministerio puede ser un idol. Anything that we take from the seven mountains and, and we exalt it up to a place where it is ultimate for us, that can be an idol. And in a sense, what John is telling us is that pursuing a love for things that are less than God cannot give us life. Only God, the God who loves us, can give us life. Las cosas menos de Dios no pueden darnos la vida. The world and its desires will pass away. The one who does the will of God lives forever. El mundo se acaba con sus malos deseos, pero el que hace la voluntad de Dios permanece para siempre. But it's interesting that Paul here in this one verse, in contrast to the idolatry all around him, Paul doesn't have a curse to bring. He has a blessing to bring. He brings a simple blessing at the beginning of this letter. He says simply, grace and peace be to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Que Dios nuestro Padre y el Señor Jesucristo les concedan gracia y paz. Now, that just seems like, okay, throwaway phrase. He just, you know, wrote down something spiritual to begin his letter. And that's not what's going on here. 
grace. In Greek, the original language of the Bible, it's charis, charis, gracias caris en griego. And the typical Gentile greeting of that time was kaire, very similar word, kaire, joy. Kaire es, es gozo en griego. So very similar, there's a play on words going there. A, a Gentile, a non-Jew would come up and say, kaire, rejoice, joy to you, regocijate, gozati. That was the typical Gentile greeting. What was the typical Jewish greeting or Jewish blessing? It was shalom. Peace be to you. Shalom, paz. Es, es el saludo, la bendición judía. It means fullness of life be yours. Plenitud de vida. So isn't it interesting? Paul takes the typical Gentile blessing and he takes the typical Jewish blessing and he brings them together to, to form a brand new Christian kind of blessing. Él agarra de lo gentil y lo judío para formar una bendición cristiana. Grace, the joy of the indescribable, undeserved gift of being set free. May that be yours. And peace, may the fullness, abundance of life be yours. Que la gracia, el gozo de estar libre, la paz, la plenitud sean de ustedes. How? From Rome? Not from Rome. No es de Roma. In fact, as Paul writes those words, grace and peace be to you, the time of history in which he's living is a time of history known as the Pax Romana, the Roman peace. Está escribiendo durante la Pax Romana, la Paz Romana. It was a, a time of incredible success and abundance and prosperity. I mean, the economy was going great guns. There were, you know, everything was going well. Todo iba bien. Había mucha plenitud, mucha, mucho éxito, mucha abundancia. Not unlike what we've got going on right now in our society. We've got the stock market at record highs and unemployment at record lows and everything's going well. The Pax Romana, that's what it was. La Paz Romana. But that Roman peace had come at the price of bloody, cruel wars, human slavery that was still going on at that time, incredible human suffering was, was the price of the Roman peace. La Paz Romana fue comprada de, de guerras sangrientas y esclavitudes y, y sufrimiento humano. Paul's saying, not saying, I want that for you. I, I don't want for you just kind of a, a superficial happiness. Our society offers us that all the time. No quiero que tengan una felicidad superficial. I don't want for you to just have a, a kind of, of a facade of well-being. I'm not looking for you to have kind of a, a Facebook selfie kind of joy, you know, where you, you, everything looks good. No quiero que tengan un, un, un gozo así a la superficie. No. I am wishing for you the 
joy, the incredible joy that comes from knowing that your sins have been forgiven, that you are set free, and I want for you the completeness, the fullness of life that is possible. How? From God the Father, through the suffering and the victory of Jesus Christ. He's paid the price for your peace, for your grace. Quiero que tengan la libertad del pecado, el regalo de la gracia, el gozo que vienen de Dios el Padre y el Señor Jesucristo. That's what I want for you. What Paul's saying is, I want you to experience, not just to know in your head, I want you to experience completely the gospel, the good news of Jesus. Quiero que experimenten el evangelio. Why? So that you can be the ones that are going out into Rome and you are going to proclaim that message through your lives. Para que puedan proclamar el mensaje con su vida. We talked about that last week. You've received grace and apostleship. You've received a mission to call all the nations to believe. Han recibido gracia y un apostolado, una misión para llamar a las naciones. So, the message of Jesus, the gospel reminds us of something. When in Rome, be different. Si a Roma fueres, que seas diferente. When in Rome, don't be like everybody else, but live lives full of miraculous joy and miraculous peace. Because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lleven vidas de un gozo milagroso, una paz milagrosa por el Señor Jesucristo. Why? Because you see the mountain of God's love, of Jesus' love is way higher and better than the seven mountains. The, the, the joy and peace of Christ is way better than the pleasures and the comforts of this world. El gozo y la paz de Cristo son más grandes que los placeres y las comodidades de este mundo. Now, here's the question. Do we really believe it? ¿Lo creemos de verdad? Perhaps you've forgotten it. Or perhaps you've never known it. Doesn't matter. Either way, uh, here's the thing. This is the challenge, I think. This is the opportunity. Aquí es el desafío. ¿Creemos esto de verdad? This is the message that, that these, this one verse, I think, brings to our doorstep today. It's a challenge for us to identify and then drop, let go of the idols from the seven mountains. Es el desafío de identificar y dejar los ídolos de las siete montañas. Those idols that promise us so much and yet do not deliver. So what is Rome? What is Rome? Rome is that place where you don't fit in. And whether we know it or not, we don't fit in. Roma es el lugar donde no pertenecemos. It's that place where you're a foreigner. And if we believe the gospel, we're foreigners. Somos extranjeros. I, I came across a phrase 
not too long ago that has really stuck with me. Uh, I heard it uh, from another, another message, another podcast, and, and I thought, wow, and it's, it's out there. It's, I don't know who came up with it, but it's an amazing phrase that, to describe the way we are to live. And basically the phrase is this, those who cannot hear the music think the dance is mad. A los que no oyen la música el baile parece una locura. To those who cannot hear the music, the dance seems mad. We are the ones who have been allowed to hear the music of a song called the gospel. Oímos la canción que es el evangelio. And if we are truly dancing to that music and living in a different way, the rest of the world will think we have lost it. And we have. We've lost our attachment to this stuff because we're at the base of another mountain. Estamos adorando no las siete montañas, sino al Dios de la montaña del amor. Paul says it again in 2 Timothy 2.8. He says, remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel. No dejes de recordar a Jesucristo, descendiente de David, levantado entre los muertos. Ese es mi evangelio. This is the message for which I am willing to suffer, even to the point of being chained like a criminal. And yo sufro por ese mensaje al extremo de llevar cadenas como un criminal. Paul was suffering in jail because of the gospel. He he was crazy. People saying, why are you doing that? He was dancing to music they could not hear. Estaba bailando música que no podía oír la gente. He says, but you see, God's word, it's not chained. The gospel's not chained. I'm free. Lock me up. I'm free. Right? Encadename, yo soy libre. So when in Rome, don't do as the Romans do. Si a Roma fueres, no hagan como ellos hagan. No hagan lo que vieres. What do you do when you're in Rome? Remember the gospel. And preach the gospel. And live the gospel. And sing the gospel. And dance the gospel. Que recuerden y bailen y canten el evangelio. Oh yeah, one other thing. Don't forget who you are. No se olviden de quienes son. You are loved by God through Jesus Christ. Son amados de Dios por medio del Señor Jesús. And you know what? It's in Him. It's in Christ. We sang it earlier. In Him we have all that we need. Cristo tenemos todo lo necesario. So I want to invite you to pray with me right now. Let's pray into that powerful invitation. Vamos a orar. Heavenly Father, this morning, although we're just a small group of people, we're at the base of a, of a mountain of love, of mercy, of goodness that many cannot see or understand. And oh, how we wish they could.
Hoy adoramos a la base de una montaña de tu amor tan inmenso, tan grande. We confess we lose sight of that mountain often, even though it's right there. It's like, it's like the mountains that are just an hour east of us, the Sierras. They're right there. Every day those mountains are there, and yet the haze comes, and we can't see them, and we forget them. Es como cuando no vemos con la bruma las montañas de la Sierra. So, Lord Jesus, we want to just pause. By your Holy Spirit, would you show us where the idols are lurking? Show us where our hearts are being tugged to the base of other mountains. Muéstranos donde está jalando, están jalando las otras montañas a nuestro corazón para que adoremos a su base. We confess that there are things in our lives that we say, if I lose that, my life has lost its meaning. Hay cosas donde decimos, si pierdo eso, mi vida no tiene significado. Help us not to mistake the blessings and the evidence of your love for your love itself. We receive the blessings. You've given us many good things. Nos has dado muchas bendiciones que no podamos equivocarnos pensando que las bendiciones son tu amor. Thank you for the blessings of work, for the blessing of a, of a free society in which to live, the blessing of education and opportunities to learn. We thank you for the expression of of what is good and true and pure through the arts and through entertainment for laughter, for ways of being informed about our world, for, for athletics and the good things that we can celebrate of how you've made our bodies. And we thank you for our families. We love our families, our children, grandchildren, parents. Amamos, Señor, a estas cosas. Gracias por las bendiciones de estas siete montañas. And we thank you that we have the opportunity to worship freely in this place today. But please let us never confuse the blessings with the one who blesses. Que no confundamos las bendiciones con el que bendice. Lord, we love you. I just pray that every person today, within the sound of my voice, would take a step towards you, a step towards trusting you. Let us hear the music of your good news. Que podamos escuchar la música de tus buenas noticias, Señor. As we sing our praises, help us to sing and dance to your music alone, O oh God. We pray this in Jesus' name, in el nombre del Señor Jesús. Amen.